Yep. This episode of Live from the Stoop Podcast is sponsored by the Subway Sound Network. Do you have a podcast and you're looking for a place to record? Need editing and engineering done for your show? Subway Sound Network is the best place to record uptown. Email Subway Sound Network at gmail.com and type in the title. What would you type? I don't know. I don't know what would you type. Let me see. What would you type? Ah, you would type Stoop. 50 to receive $50 off your first podcast recording. Subway Sound Network, voice of the people, voice of the streets. Now back to the show. Let's go. Live from the Stoop Podcast with me, Robbie Digital. It's a very nice day outside. The weather is getting better. Uh, I'm holding on to my hoodie, so I'm very, very happy about this. Although I do see women trying to steal beanies now. But that's neither here nor there um, I have a great friend with me I have a lot of friends I know everybody keeps saying Yo Rob you have mad friends But I have I have a lot of people That I've met in my life uh, That fortunately are still around Even though I'm very toxic uh, This this gentleman being one of them Ladies and gentlemen It's my honor A privilege To introduce our guest Taki Bond Taki what's going yo, on Yo 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 What's going on How are you I appreciate you for having me <laughs> oh, no, of course, of course. You know, um, it's crazy because when I was doing PSA, I wasn't here for your episode. Oh, you sure wasn't? That's crazy. Yeah, so I had to hear it. I had to edit it while I was in Florida, and I was highly upset. That's crazy. I was so mad I wasn't on that episode because you came with a really great AKA. You was Bro Mellow Anthony. I was like, damn, that's Bro good. Mello Anthony. I was Yo, like, damn, that's good. That's a throwback. <laughs> Wow. So it, I, this is our it's first full time. This is a full circle moment, right? Yeah, here. this is complete full circle. So I knew I was like when I when I hit you, I didn't even think you would even realize it. But yeah, like you have a PSA episode, and yeah, I'm not there. And the crazy thing, you said on the episode, you're like, where's Rob? And he's like, Rob's, <laughs> Rob's in Florida, stuck there. And he was like, damn. So wow. I'm glad we're actually getting That's like to three do years this. ago, three, four, almost four. Yeah, wow. uh, times have changed. Have they? <laughs> uh yeah yeah um podcasting has changed media has changed um the world as well mm-hmm. and still changing all those things still changing very much so but I'm glad to still say that um my friends are still here mm-hmm. um you know I've seen people transition into different places and move around a bit and I think that's good for them I see the city's changing a lot too. Um, I think as New Yorkers, we're finally getting to a place where we're like, we can let New York go. Oh, yeah. The migration's coming. The yeah. great New York migration is coming. Everybody's getting out of here soon. Yeah, like, we, like it hurts to say, because I was like, I'm, nah, I need it. You, but. Know, you know what was the um, icing on the cake for me? We've been defending New York on Twitter for years against people from other cities, and... Um, that TikTok video of the young lady walking through, um, was it Washington was Square? What was that? It was down on 14th, Union Square. Mm-hmm. Walking through the park in Union Square. And um, there was just a group of rats in the daytime congregating. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, shit, everything they said is right. <laughs> it's filthy out here. Nah, it's like the, the, was the, uh, this is a New York apartment for $1,500. <laughs> And the bed went into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then it was the living room. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah. They're doing us filthy. It's pretty ghetto here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty ghetto. And you don't want to accept it at first. It's like finding no. out, you know, wrestling is fake. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> New York is great. 
What are you talking about? Then it starts to come. Then the veil is lifted. Yeah. And you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. I can't stay here. Yeah, they're like, no, it's like, it's great. Then it's like, okay, so first month, last month, security, and the broker's fee. Okay. And I didn't buy a, f- a, a sofa yet. No, it, it's bad. Didn't even get my Wi-Fi turned on. No cable yet. And, and keep in mind, they charge you for that, too. They charge you to turn on the cable. And they charge you to cut on the lights. And then you got to look for parking. Yeah. <laughs> All of that. So speaking of that, you know why, Taki? Because I have defined real New York wealth by not having a car, but by having a parking spot. That is wealth. That's, that is definitely New York wealth. I think the misconception is having the car. Mm-hmm. Where where to park it is the true definition of wealth. Because yeah, if you can easily park your car, you're doing all right. You're doing very you're doing, well in life. Well. But if you got to circle the block 20 times, you got to make some choice. You got to make some new choices. You may not need that car. Better yet, <laughs> you're confined to the time that is on the sidewalk in that little box. That says you can park from 8.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 6 p.m. You cannot park here. And by that, really, that means 8.20, 8.15, because you got to start getting up, getting your life together, and getting outside. Yeah. They got you. They, <laughs> they, they own you. They, they own you. And no one talks about that. Yeah, that's crazy. I never, I never thought about it. Think before. about it. You can tell you, you can always tell the friends at the, at the function that live with no parking spot, hey, yo, hey, man, it's... Hey, gotta go. Gotta get out of here, man. I gotta they're they're gone by 10 o'clock. Yeah. Because anything later than that is uncivilized. You're going to be outside forever. Forever. I'm in Queens now, so I don't... Oh, yeah. That's, I don't have these problems. Yeah, Queens is, <laughs> Queens is great. Queens is like... Queens is New York City uh, witness protection. Like, you can get low in Queens and no one would find you. That's a fact. Because Queens is very large. It is. You can, like, hide in Flushing... With like the Chinese people, and no one would know open you. A whole spa, and nobody would question it. No, It'd just be facts. another spa popping up in Flushing. You could really just get low. Yeah, you can catch a body in the Bronx. Go in Queens. No. The, the thing about Queens that I love is that like there's so many houses where you could uh, rent the basement. Yeah. Once you rent the basement, it's a wrap. There ain't nobody ever gonna find you. That's a fact. <laughs> nobody ever gonna find you. Chances are you're not getting your mail delivered right there anyway. That's a fact. That's also <laughs> so true too. You're gonna be hidden, but there's there's so many like townhouses and family houses and stuff out there, so you can get low. And and it's far away from like the train. It's like, quiet. You have to take a bus to the train, Yo, so it's, it's very terrible. far. I don't trust dollar vans to this day. I don't really trust dollar vans. Okay. I'd rather walk. It just doesn't emotionally, you're just like I don't I'm from see the, the Bronx, so hopping into a stranger's vehicle. On the side of just on the side of the street, it just don't sit well with me. Man. Just, Emotionally, it's, it's just, like, just something <laughs> something about that don't sit right with me, and I'm all right. I'll take this stroll. I'll be good. Just something about guard to get $2? in for two dollars. Get in. Know. Don't worry about to get in. Where y'all go? And they be sliding the door closed with the rope. But the rope. Yeah, but you know, it's not it, for me. But it's one of the last Mohegans of New York City, though. Yeah, but they because the Bronx, that. the Bronx used to have dollar vans. Hey, I'm sure they still do somewhere along, up, you know, White Plains. Uh, there. Boston Road, because yeah. the the 60 bus, the Beeline bus, they used to have the dollar van because it went all the way up to Fordham. Wow, the more you know, because yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, was, I never had to take dollar vans though. Like I lived in a pretty like when you live in a populated area, you live like right off the train or something like that. You don't mm-hmm. really think about it, but it's not until you're in. The middle of nowhere, and you got to walk twenty minutes to get to the train and or the bus or something. You're like, all right, there has yeah. to be uh, there has to be a middle ground here. Yeah, growing up on the uh, on Boston Road, we only had the sixty bus and the thirty bus. Mm-hmm. So if I needed to go to Fordham, I'm gonna have to wait 
for the 60, which was the B-Line bus, which, which is Westchester. So it would take Come 45. on its own time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would take the dollar van. Or if I needed to go to the city, I would take the express bus because the express bus was right on East Chester Road. So I like well seven dollars, seven dollars, <laughs> or before before it was the express bus, it was the New York City service bus. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, that would go downtown. So yeah, things things have definitely changed. I'm glad to see that stays the same. Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, let's talk like being from the Bronx. I want to say us being from the Bronx, we're the last borough that looks like New York too. Yeah, but that's changing. Like right before, I, while we're having this conversation, that's changing. Like you ever you've been to South Bronx recently? Like so, bro, so, bro. I've, I've heard p- of the it. piano district. district. Very interesting. Yo, it's crazy over there right now. But you know what the crazy thing is, though. What I love about us as millennials and uh, like and and the mixy people of New York City, because I would consider us the in the mix. Mm-hmm. We hate gentrification, but we like lattes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we we found that perfect balance, man. We, yeah, ghetto like, fabulous is is a lifestyle out yeah. here. Yeah, like yo, I hate that they're taking our community. Yo, may, add, add almond milk to that, please. So you get, regular milk in there? No, 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 no. Yeah, we're like that Will Smith episode. Like, no, nah, I'm keeping it real. So add Gouda. Add I Gouda. remember that. You know, straight <laughs> episode came on the other day. <laughs> he said he gonna skip me on the grape Palm, man. That, that's us. <laughs> that is. That's us. Now I ain't change. Uh, you got cinnamon. Got caviar back there, did you? Yeah, it's, yeah. No, that's very true. But I mean, gentrification—it—it it looks bad when you can't afford it. That's when it and, looks and, bad, and if, especially if you're from that area, you look around and you're like, you know, I, you know, they increased the rent a little bit. I'm doing okay. I can pay for that. Yeah. But you see everybody else around you struggling. It's like, what side of the fence am I really on? <laughs> what, what side of history as, am I on? As creatives, we don't want to admit that. So I was watching... Uh, no, other people don't want to admit it. I admit it. I don't want to live in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. And if they're improving the neighborhood, I mean, <laughs> let's try to buy some property in it. Instead of just saying, all right, you know, everybody else get out. Let's try to find some ways that we can incorporate the, the traditions and the culture of the community. I mean, if you're going to stay here, shit. This is true. Keep but you know, what, alive. you know what the thing is about it, too? Uh, I was watching... Um, Candyman, the new one. Oh, I didn't watch it yet. And uh, there's a scene in it where they, uh, the this the artist is talking to like the owner of the art gala, and she says the misconception is that white people are gentrifying the neighborhood when it's really creatives. Mm. We're the first sign of gentrification. I have to elaborate on this. So my eyes, I'm like, wait a minute now. So think, think about Hud- is it me? Am I the drama? <laughs> think about, minute. think about Hud's Point. Like Hud's Point is being gentrified, right? Yeah. But Heavy. all of our friends who we know over there have art studios. That's true. <laughs> it is us. <laughs> it's us. Damn, that's very, very true. There's a, there's a real nice coffee shop over on a little nice cafe over on beautiful. Hud's Point. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, right? beautiful. And I, uh, I've been there several times. I really like espresso in my adult age. I, I just love sitting there and get work done. It's great, right? Damn, we are the problem. But I never, we, I never thought about it that but way. But we don't want to admit that. Yeah, we don't. Because to us, we I keep it real, son. Uh-huh. I still know niggas locked up, B. I got jail apps on my phone. Cool. <laughs> but, you know why we get into a point where that's not cool no more? It's like, you know, keep it real. Yeah, but let's try to get some of this negativity away from our lives, as far away from our <laughs> lives as possible. It yeah, it's not on brand. 
it's at not, this point. It's Especially not if you're a creative trying to do amazing things, it's not on brand. You're not going to have the same success story as Cardi. Only Cardi could get into a fight at at um where was at a strip club. No, where was that at? She got into a fight. Oh, at the uh, Met Gala. Only Cardi could do that. Yeah, <laughs> only Cardi could do that. Nobody, no other Bronx motherfucker could do that. She got gracefully. Not only gracefully, she she so many business deals came from that. Yeah, I love the way you whooped her ass. Come sign this million dollar deal. Sign this deal. Sign this deal. It's not gonna work like that for everybody else. But I'm also hearing that um, Cardi's money is actually in escrow. Yeah, that the <laughs> label owns a lot of that. Like she's not getting any money off of that's music. happening to a lot of artists right now. Like yeah. they're starting to realize. But you know what it is? The pandemic kind of they were in a great position, kind of like what we're talking about. They were in a great position. They had the money to get through the pandemic and keep going and X, Y, and Z. And now we get to a point where the pandemic is coming to a an air quotes an end. Yeah. And money's getting kind of tight. So now you're starting to question your contracts. Well, what happened to, I just did this song, X, Y, and Z. Where's the money from that? Where's the check from that? Now they got to look back in their contracts and realize, oh, you didn't actually, oh, we gave you an advance check. We gave you that check already. We Nigga, we didn't recoup from you yet. We didn't get nothing back. And the way music is looking now, no, like nobody's listening to music the same way. No. People, are, people would rather opt to listen to old projects. Mm-hmm. Than to listen to anything new right now. Well, remember that was the conversation that uh, we had with Meek on Clubhouse when when Meek first got there. And Meek was like, "Yo, why why are you not? Why am I not in your top five, top ten? And we were like, "Meek, the music sounds redundant. Um, championships is your is your glass ceiling. I don't think you'll ever make a better project than than championships. I didn't think he was ever gonna make a better. I didn't think championships would ever happen. Honestly, yeah." So I, I got and I love Meek, but I love him for what he represents. But it's he's not the guy he thinks he is. No, and it's it's and not, the music's I, I don't, proven. And it. I don't, yeah, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Like again, I I love Meek, but the reason why Nip was revered in such a way, the reason why Kendrick and the reason why they on that level is because I think they played, I think they bought something extra to the game. Nipsey yep. bought knowledge, he bought opportunity, he bought, you know, enlightenment. Kendrick is bringing shit, emotional attachment and, and expressing yourself coming out in the hood. Meek don't really bring us nothing else than get money, slide on the op. Yeah. That's that's what he gives us. And, and championships was the first time where we got us, like, we had heard a couple, like, like Street Racer from like uh, Dream Chaser on you know on the first Dream Chasers mixtape mm-hmm. with Beans Tony Story we had so many of those moments mm-hmm. but championships encompassed that moment like Oodles and Noodles Babies and all of these these struggle songs were like we were like yo this is really good but I knew when he got to a space of comfort he was gonna he, stop that he wasn't gonna make music like that anymore because that was that's not really in him. That that speaking speaking from that perspective isn't really in him. I think what's in him and the perspective that he knows most is the streets. So he's gonna talk about the thing that makes the most sense. But I think tapping too much into his vulnerabilities and all that other stuff, it doesn't sit well with him. Cause he would have kept doing it. It was working. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Hove, Ross, Guru all sat down with him and was like, yo, this is what we need you to do. And this is the album you need to make. And it's clearly it, it stopped after that. Yeah, yeah. I'm seventy thousand copies. 
That was and, the most recent one, right? Yeah, and you and you expect the label, knowing how much the label probably put into the album, seventy thousand copies. He was clowning somebody for selling that not too long ago, selling like eighty thousand copies or something. Yeah, sad story. But but yeah, <laughs> but yeah y'all want to put y'all put Wale under him. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> whoever does that is crazy. Let's move on. Right, that's it. <laughs> but um, so I think let let's. It's interesting because I'm still learning like this whole interview thing. To be honest, mm-hmm. like it's still very new nuance. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I we can start here. Right, right. So being from the Bronx, how has that defined you a bit? Um, I've I, I've realized recently actually that being from the Bronx kind of made me always on guard. It kind of it made me always anticipating the worst, or anticipating some type of disaster or something to happen, and it brought me to a point where I'm consistently thinking of ways out of situations for my own survival, and it's bittersweet when you think about it. like it sounds crazy, but it's bittersweet when you think about it because what better, you know, mental toughness or emotional what better emotional toughness or mental toughness is there for an entrepreneur who's betting everything on their thing? Mm-hmm. What what better? What better? You know what I'm saying? Like what better skill to have? I agree. So it's it the, the being from the Bronx definitely taught me to just keep my guard up, and you got to stay hard. You got to stay stay dangerous. You have to. This is true. And that's that's outside. That's. When you in these board meetings, when you piecing together your thing, you gotta stay dangerous. You gotta stay on the offense. But before before all that, like if when we when we go back, right, mm-hmm. growing up in the Bronx, what was like a typical Saturday for you? Typical Saturday, um, wake up, take care of whatever I gotta take care of in the house, wash the clothes, clean my room, you know, the parents stuff, and then you go outside. And I think that's the beauty of the Bronx. Like your day could go from. I'm just chilling outside, so now I'm going to a party. Now I'm going downtown to, to run amok with my friends. Now we going, we all going to get together and go to this restaurant and hope we put our pennies together to pay off this bill. Like, it's just... It, it's cool because we, you know, we're very close in age, so we did grow up in a very interesting time in New York. Mm-hmm. We grew up when, um, in, a, in the teen party scene. Yeah. Back when everybody had teams and it was the, that's where everybody wanted to be blood. Everybody <laughs> wanted to be crib. It was the teams. The It was a lot. It was a lot going on around, what is that, like 2000? I'm thinking high school, 2005, 2004, 2005 to like 2010. Yeah. Those years were just, remember when dudes used to walk around with the canes? Remember when dudes Very came dangerous. mobbing? Yo, it was dangerous out here. No one had their leg broke, but you got your leg broke. It's crazy. <laughs> I was talking about that with my girl the other day. She from Queens, so she don't see. She never seen none of this. She saw. Oh, we saw this guy walking in Queens. And he had a cane, but he had no limp. And she was like, "That's ridiculous." I was like, "Honestly, I know why he got that cane. He he probably owes somebody money. He got somebody on his ass, so he got to carry the cane just in case." And she probably looked at you like, "That's real." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, that's real." Yeah, that's really what it is. We also team bashes as well, though. Like we had club scream. The Rumba. We had the Rumba. What else? Um, X-Bar. X-Bar. X-Bar was lit for a while. Mars 2112. Mars 2112. 
Wow, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot. Our teen, our teen party days were like, that's back when people was partying, though. Like, yeah. We didn't really go to parties to stand around and look at each other. We went no. to parties to party. Like, you go with 10 of your closest friends, and you probably don't see them niggas to the end of the party because you out trying to you, dance up on everything, trying to get everything. some numbers, trying to do your everything. Thing. You don't even see your mans in them until it's the end of the night. I remember my first time going to Club Scream on uh, one, what was that, 138th, 139th? 149th. I think it's. On the Grand Concourse. Yeah, I think it's 149th. And I remember my, my cousin's like, all right, so boom, check it, all right? We got to make sure that, like, we stick together when we get, when, we, when we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Getting in is oh, not yeah, the issue. Yeah. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, they stashed, they, they stashed all the razor blades and the knives outside and shit. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't bring none of that shit in the party. Right. And, and we had the dirtiest of weed, too, because niggas <laughs> didn't have good weed back then. Nah, not at all. <laughs> it was really... Really it was shitty. like it was rare that you get some good piff. <laughs> yeah, but until sour hit the block, <laughs> it, we were smoking nothing. <laughs> yeah, dirt. Yeah. Um, but you know, like we we had Nicole Ray was playing at that time. Dipset was a thing. Like I remember the first time I saw Dipset was at uh the Hammerstein Ballroom for a reggaeton party. Wow, that's cross promotion. Like that's cross branding. But all right, yeah. But like because. The reggae tone was so huge. Yeah, especially around that time. That it's crazy because we had black people had the teams, and all the Dominicans had like they ENTs. Yes, remember they had beads too. They had they like those, tri- those those triangle beads, yep. and they had them ENT beads, and they had their groups and their crews that they threw parties with. The MySpace days, man, good times, great times. Wow. And 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 we were buying CDs at that time. Yeah, because like, we still had CD players. That's that. That's like when people just started getting um. I uh, what was it? IPod. iPods and Nanos. the iPod touches, yeah, and the nanos and stuff came out. But CDs were still very much a thing. Yeah, you still had like a like. I think for us being millennials, we have we saw things happen in real time. Yeah, yeah. like I was just yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday marked the twenty year anniversary of the PlayStation Two. Jesus, I remember when the PlayStation Two came out. Yes. You feel me? <laughs> and how much of a big deal it was in technology. Yeah. Like it was I, I had I didn't even realize until later in life that you can connect the Ethernet cord to it and play online. On a PlayStation 2? Yes. You're lying. I'm dead serious. So online, I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that. That's crazy. Yes. PlayStation 2 was the future. That was like the doorstop that kept the door open for the future. Yeah, because Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. Had an Ethernet cord. Wow, it was in the back of the. It was in the back of the game. That's it was that little blue. It was that little blue light with a with a with like a flap. But mm-hmm. we never. No one used it. No one used it. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about now. And the light, it, it lit up. Yes, it lit up in the back, and you could like flip it up. Yes. Wow, I know exactly what you're talking about now. But no one used. No it. No one used that. I thought it was just a cool light on the back of the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was for anything. <laughs> Wow, online gaming. Imagine if online gaming would have take, taken off around then. It wasn't until it didn't become competitive until 360, to the Xbox 360 and online yeah. play. And then by the time the PlayStation 3 came out, online play was like like universal. It, but, was, norm- yeah, it was normalized. But the P2 right. had it. Wow, I did not know that. Crazy. I very, very crazy. So in the midst of all that time as we're growing up, is that when 
you kind of got the bug to want to start party promoting? No. I didn't. It's so crazy. I didn't want to start doing anything constructive with my time until I got kicked. <laughs> I'm so serious. Until I got when was that? Until I got to college. My first year of college is when I started saying, yo, I could do something with my life. I went to college for shits and giggles. <laughs> Unfortunate, but I went to college for shits and giggles. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I majored in communications when I first got there, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what communications was. I didn't know what it entailed. I just figured, you know, this is what I hear people say they major in, so I'm, I'm sounds, it, it sounds Sounds good. It sounds cute. Somebody says to me, what are you majoring? Communications. <laughs> it sounds great. Everybody's like, oh... Good for you. It's great. I didn't. I had no idea what communication was. <laughs> I swear I didn't. And then, uh, and then, ironically, had a dope podcast slash radio show. This is true. Look how that all works. But um, I I didn't start thinking about. It's crazy. I didn't start thinking about what's the move until about two thousand. I want to say fourteen. So all everything that I've done, like it wasn't a plan for it. I didn't think I'd ever do it. It wasn't a. It, it, it wasn't a goal. It wasn't even a thought. I just wanted to go to college to have fun. And it wasn't until I watched um, a documentary in music class about the history of Atlantic Records. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, I, right, I can do this. I can start a record. I can't rap. I can't sing. I can start a record label, though. Like, I know enough people. I know enough people that make music. I could do it. Amet Erdogan did. And he just pieced together everything. Mm-hmm. Let me get a studio. Let me get a producer. Let me get musicians. All right, everybody get in one room. Go ahead, make something. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could organize. I could organize the and shit I could out communicate because I'm in communications. Feel me? But then I <laughs> come to find out it had nothing to do with verbal communication <laughs> and shit. So whatever. But um, I that's when I, I guess the kind of hustle bug hit me. Um, and then I started my own label. I, I signed. Son, look at me. I had my one of my my best friend as my first artist, and I I got another one of my best friends as a R and B singer, and like we was we was moving, we was in New York City moving, doing shows. I'm hitting up pr- promoters and shit like yo, how can we get my artist on this lineup? Like he dope, listen to his music. I, let's get him on this lineup. Throwing our own shows, um, and then the artists didn't want to make, they didn't want to do music anymore. Which happens. Which happens. But a, a, a manager slash label owner that is managing a label with no artists, you're just a fan of music. You just like music a lot. Yeah. You ain't got nothing. No, you're communicating. You're communicating music. That's <laughs> it. So through that, you know, that's when we jumped into um, the Word of Mouth show. And we started the radio show, the podcast, and started doing that. And within that time is when I started What's the Move? Now, the radio show passed. I done tried to do a workout brand. <laughs> I done tried to do... I, I done tried to do everything under Talk the sun. Talk about that, though. Talk Hosting. about how, like, podcasting at that time was so early it was, to us. It was super... It was super early Because in internet radio was popular. Yeah. And we kind of... I love that we kind of had, like, the hybrid show. It was, like, internet radio because we were live. We were live every Wednesday night. Um, but then the next day you got the recording of the podcast, um, which probably didn't even know it was a podcast that, that had that name. It had the name pod cause this is around the time tax was, was out. Um, I think, um, what's his name? Tax was out. I know, I know a lot of podcasters were out. Oh, I'm saying what's his name? My apologies. The OG was out. Combat was out. The OG was out. Um, um, Juan Epp wasn't around. 
Because Juan Epp had not, stopped. Not, yeah, I think he had stopped. But Juan I, Epp I remember he stopped. was like the premier name in podcasts. Like yeah, it was he, him. It was well, Juan Epp was uh, Sife and uh, Rosenberg, mm-hmm. and they were pretty big. And then um, it was it was com- for far as urban combat was the first one I heard. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about Juan Epstein through Ro- like because it was Rosenberg and Cipher Sounds. Okay, and that was pretty much about it at the time. Yeah. It was podcasting wasn't really. It was a cool. It was a cool thing when you found out what it was, but it wasn't really popular. It definitely wasn't in the streets yet. I think no. ta- Tax did that. Tax definitely, tax but that wasn't that. until 2016, 2017, where well, we Tax started, took it to another level. But you're, we're talking about 2014, 2015. Oh, we didn't have the show. We didn't have the hmm, 2014. That's when we started piecing it together. I guess. I guess yeah. that's when we started like researching podcasts and trying to figure out exactly what it sounds like. Um, how to fit in great conversations within an hour and some change. Like we were studying, we were trying to figure it all out. But when it, when it finally rolled out and finally got to that point, you, um, you find, you find your niche. With Which pop, is with, beauty. Yeah. I, I think, think a the lot fun of people is don't that. have that. A lot of people don't. I think like, um, I remember I still have the photos of when, um, I went to meet with uh, Pro Media okay. to get the studio, to rent the studio time to do PSA. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I went in. I was like, hey, look, I want to do this. And he's like, all right, cool. He showed me, like, the layout. And I was like, oh, yeah. I've, like, it's funny when you <laughs> this is it. like when you get a microphone and headphones and, and being a communications major, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> it helps because you're like, I've been wanting to do this my whole life. Why mm-hmm. didn't I know that? Why, why didn't, didn't I someone tell me, me being talkative in class, was this was the direction I wanted to go? It wasn't an option at the time. No. And that sucks, but. How was getting guests at that time? Because that I felt like that was even easier back then. Because no was, one had no egos. You know, that's a damn lie. Uh, everybody, people had egos forever. We gonna talk about that over here. I got so I can tell you names. I'm not gonna say no names over here. I can tell you. <laughs> well, names. what I mean but by egos, what I mean by egos is, I'm not doing your show yet. It's not big enough. Not okay. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> Two. I think the reason why I said it was no egos because social media still didn't hold. Social media didn't have social currency at the time. Yes and no. I think that's around. The, I think around the time that um, word of mouth launched, that's when it happened. Because honestly. That's when people started saying, oh, Taki Bond, you famous. That's when I started getting that, when we was doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think us being live had a lot to do with that. So, like, every Wednesday night, everybody's tuned into what we're doing. So, it's like, people, all eyes was on us. I think that's when that kind of started. we didn't up. have verified accounts in 2014. Really? No. Celebrities did. Celebrities but, didn't have it? But, so, did he? Okay. Not every, not not, not, not the Elliots, the yeah, Combats, yeah, yeah. okay, like journalists and creatives were not verified. Right, at that right. time. They weren't regarded in that same way. They weren't. Uh, I think that's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't considered <laughs> celebrities. Yeah, but um, we, it was it was crazy. So like we, I think a lot of it was Chloe. Chloe was just a a, a beacon of light when it comes to being social. So she went out and she made friends with like. Every cool person, every unverified cool person in New York City. And um, 
the way me and Q were, we were more reserved. We were like, uh, I don't know these niggas. I'm not going. I'm not, eh, I'm cool. She's like, <laughs> we need this person. You're like, yeah. yeah. And, and, and we'd be like, yo, we need to have the person on the show. I'd be like, I don't even know this nigga. Like, I, I don't know what Why he does. Why is he important? And that's that was my <laughs> attitude with it. Like, I don't know this nigga. I'm not interested in nothing he do. Why are we talking to him? And she was like, you know what? Ask him when he get here. And I'm, <laughs> if, I, I didn't know we could talk to him about that. I'm like, yo. So, and we had some really good conversations with some good people, but um, it was it was interesting getting people. I, I think what podcast what that showed me was how small the entertainment industry was because I remember when Elliot Wilson was like first launching Crown, mm-hmm. and he had um DJ Khaled. If I'm not mistaken, he was one of like the first. Yeah, people, he was one right? of the early ones. And he, remember when it premiered on MTV? Mm-hmm. So that same day, Elliot Wilson was on The Breakfast Club. That morning, he did our show that night. So we was like, nah, we doing something. Like we out here. Like but the you see world what I'm saying? is like, small. Like yeah. that at that time, because social media didn't have the impact, people were tangible, and it's not tangible. Like in a sense, people were like, yo, I, I don't care where I gotta go. I'm gonna go wherever I need to go to talk about what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, we don't have that anymore. It's tricky because. I think a lot of I think personally we had a hard time coming up because um people knew Chloe but they didn't know the other two. Uh you know what I'm saying? And that was around a time where yeah social media wasn't playing a major role in how we like uh you know connected with each other. Like I mean it played a huge role in how we connected with each other but it didn't really serve as a hierarchy. You know what I mean? In a sense it didn't really serve as a hierarchy with how we connected with each other. So you had to really know people. You had to really go to their events. You had to really talk to them. You had to really experience the the tangible form of being a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had to shake hands. And um, if you didn't, if you weren't around and people didn't see your face and they didn't know your character, they wouldn't work with you. And it's not, I don't think it was like a personal uh, thing, but, <clears throat> but I think it was more of a keep it within the circle. Yes. And I think that's what happened with New York. Like, Everything was so keep it in the circle. We're all going to kind of be fake gatekeepers to everybody else who's trying to do the same thing we doing. And we see them, but we don't see we them. We see them, but we don't see them. And that that's the corniest thing you could ever do. But that was definitely a part of that. But yeah. like you say, you start, you start what's the move at that time. What does mm-hmm. it look like? At this point, it's just newsletters. It's just newsletters. I'm just collecting what little bit of events past my timeline. And I'm creating a newsletter with Thursday events, Friday events, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm sending those out like every Thursday. And people are liking it. People are subscribing to the newsletter. And then people are like, yo, we need more. Like, give us more choices, more options. So I'm trying to balance um, Word of mouth show and what's the move, but while all of this is all of this is happening, I'm looking at what's the move. Like, this isn't doing what I wanted to do. I don't really like it as much anymore. It's not fun for me anymore. I don't want to do it. Was was the inspiration behind what's the move? Because, like I said, we we grew up in that space of what's popping dot net. Mm-hmm. We grew up in seven days, seven nights, mm-hmm. and those kind of websites kind of like died off instantly. Like yeah. one day they were here and one day they were like, no, your pictures are gone. <laughs> so I think they just couldn't keep up with technology, but with, with, with the way everything was going with tech, uh, with technology based, I don't think they could keep up. That's probably what site, it was. Cause their site, like I feel like their sites couldn't 
maintain. They couldn't because I'm telling you now from experience, maintaining events and keeping people up to date with events. That shit is tiring. It's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> Definitely. So if you don't have the manpower, you don't just have to drive for it. It'll fade away. But go ahead. <laughs> so I know that plays a role, but you, like you said. You have word of mouth going. You have what's the move going. You're like, yeah, what's the move is not really doing it for me creatively. It's too much. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from that moment? Um, I definitely took a step back from what's the move, but I didn't let it go. Um, I took a step back. There were so many weeks where I would miss doing newsletters. <laughs> it just... <laughs> I don't know, nigga. Figure it out. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. Figure it out. You, you go outside. Go outside. You'll figure it. You'll find something. Um, and I was giving so much of my energy to uh, word of mouth show, um, but still, while kind of, kind of maintaining uh, what's the move. But then, what's the word of mouth show kind of went, mm-hmm. and it was gone. It was a great experience, um, and I was still left with what's the move. So it's like, all right, let me. I need something to to still keep. Taki Bond's name alive. I got to yeah. do something. So I started pouring more into what's the move and started posting events on social media. So now I'm posting events on social media. I'm talking like 100 events a day from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the whole week. I'm just posting 100 something events a day, setting up my hoot suite so that it could launch the uh, events at the right time and everything's lined up. And that became just that became even more tiresome. That became even more, yo, I'm not doing this shit no And more. this is also between the time now that you're outside hosting as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. So this is like I met you hosting. Yeah, yeah, 2015, 2016, around that time. And I'm like, yo, I don't want to do this shit no more. Like, <laughs> hosting, and then hosting became kind of that thing that kept Taki Bond's name alive. You know what I mean? Uh and I got, I feel like I got most of my hosting opportunities from being on the word of mouth show. Mm-hmm. So now I'm hosting everywhere. We going to Rhode Island hosting. We doing events all over the place and tri city area just on fire. On fire. We had it was great. And then I stopped wanting to like hosting got boring. It was just like all right. Got tired of telling niggas to get off the stage. <laughs> that comes with the territory That's never gonna end Can but, you please Get off the stage And swear You're not talking to them It's like bro It's I'm looking at you On stage You eye level to me That's a problem <laughs> Like that means That you're where You're not supposed to be But um It got It got tiresome Um It got tiresome And then uh When that was Kind of like f- Fading out And fading to the background I started the Last year being fat Uh brand and then i realized that i wasn't just getting into fitness i was getting into apparel so that was a whole nother i was like all right i don't got the energy for that and it's you know what you realize you realize um it's so crazy a funny story you realize when something is for you it'll be for you and everything will work out and it'll always be there like i used to uh i threw a boot camp and i had irv as my uh he was the fitness guy he was the the leader of the boot camp um and one day he threw a boot camp without me and i was like yo what are you doing <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was doing something my nigga what are you doing with you hey yo, my man what's you doing and I, I, we, like, I was so heated i was so heated and then you know we we spoke it out and he was like he said the realest shit ever to me i had to like i had to i had to humble myself he said the realest shit ever he was like yo like i'm the fitness guy this is my thing <laughs> 
Yeah, like this is my boot camps and my thing. What else do you want me to do? I was like, damn, this nigga's right. He's <laughs> like, yo, I brought you in, and, and and that was just that was just me not realizing that you know his operation was bigger than what I part time did. Like last year, being fat was a part time thing for me. That was his thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it you realize shit. It, it, okay, I don't really have a connection to this. No, it's not going to work for me. I don't have an actual connection to it. I hate working out. <laughs> I hate this nigga's it. doing push-ups on one finger. This nigga's doing push-ups <laughs> while reading a textbook. Like I, I can't compete with that. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm good. So he's like, go, 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 be with God. Go, go, you be look, do it, do it. And <laughs> and now look where Irv is now. Exactly. And he, and it's crazy. I look at where he is now, and I'm looking like I could never get to that point with fitness. No, I would never get to that point. No, my man was in the pandemic. Like looking at himself working out, I was like, "Yeah, run, let's go." I was like, "Nah, no, no." And it, it, that comes from you know what that is? That comes from his passion. He's really passionate about working out. He's really passionate about helping people get healthy. Yeah, so it, it's different. I wasn't passionate about that shit. I was trying to make money. It's a lot of fat people in the world, Ayo. and they're wait, they're paying to get skinny. You know, what my thought process was this was around the time. Uh, we started seeing a rise in women wearing athleisure everywhere. So I was like, I'm going to order some tights from Alibaba. I'll put my <laughs> logo on them shits. And I'm going to sell tights. I'm going to sell workout apparel. Siri, play uh, Kanye's workout plan. You feel <laughs> me? Like, that's it. Uh, and that's, that was going to be the whole thing. But again, it wasn't my passion. So it was never going to work. All of that is happening. I'm not hosting. Not on a podcast slash radio show. I'm not doing fitness anything. For my damn, not even for myself at the time. And now here, I still have what's the move. Here, we still have this entity that people are still asking me about. And I'm looking at it like an annoying ass little kid. Like, I want to do this shit, man. Like, I'm, alone. I'm done with it. Leave me. And I really learned, like, through the test of time, what's the move, it, it, it lasted. It stood the test of time. And... Through that made me say, all right, let me dive into what it is I'm doing. And I didn't even look at what's the move as a tech company or a tech brand until I made a website for it. So this How is, was that? Because that had to be an experience in and of itself. Hard because I don't, I don't know anything about making websites. Yeah, you was like, <laughs> it's crazy when people tell me, hey, I have a website. I'm like, am I I'm like, how the fuck you? How you do that shit, nigga. That's how fire, my nigga. But it's crazy because I didn't build the website myself. I had to, I had to outsource. I had to find somebody who knew how to do it. Uh, I had the vision for it. I knew what I wanted to do. But then I get the website. The person teaches me how to update it, upload it, do everything I need to do. And then I'm sitting there like, I, I don't want to do this shit. This is <laughs> tedious as hell. I don't want to do this. There has to be an easier way to get people events. But filling out the calendar on the website when you have a hundred and something events. Damn near a day that you have to upload. Spelling everything right. Making sure that you don't put the wrong I venue. had to get Grammarly, bro. I had to get Grammarly because I spell check, the regular spell check wasn't doing it. I needed Super <laughs> Saiyan spell check. You I, got so tired of writing, tap in. Make sure you pull up before 12. It's tedious as fuck because it's all, it's all these events are pretty much the same. Like, I love R&B. But if I see another R&B party, I'm going to lose my mind. I love R&B. I love R&B parties. I love everybody doing their R&B party. But it's so tedious writing a caption for an R&B party when you just wrote one for And you try not to use the same. Do you love love? Do you love love? Do you love singing? Do you want to sing? 
Come on down. <laughs> it's like, bro, uh, it's, te- it's tedious as fuck. Can we talk for a minute? I tell you this, through 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 the work, through everything that I had to go through with getting the, the website accomplished, I wanted to get rid of it. I didn't want to do the shit no more, but there was always this nagging presence that made me say, yo, keep doing this shit. It's going to pay off. Like, just keep doing this shit. Stay focused. Keep working at it. Let's figure out a new way. And honestly, from just learning more about tech, I put myself in, in, in a tech space. I started learning more about tech. I started learning more about coding. I started learning more about just how to be in the tech industry without knowing how to code. I started learning more and more, and I realized, ain't nobody going to websites no more. <laughs> nobody types in www.anything anymore. Unless no. you're looking for a direct answer, you're not really... On websites all day. People are on apps. Everybody's on apps. Even websites have apps as as a quick, more condensed way to look at the content on the website. So I'm like, I don't need this website. I so now app. you're back at square one again. Yeah, pretty much. But then I was like, no, the, I need an app. I need something that's going to easily allow me to show people what's going on. And then I'm pretty sure at that moment... You're like, yeah, genius. That's great. That was like, like if if finding a website was hard, making an app had to seem like, okay, that's beyond going landing on the moon. And I'm at a point now where it's like, we at the moon. Now we on the moon. <laughs> like it starts off like that. Everything's gonna start off like that. Everything's gonna start off like, all right. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but we gonna make it happen. And it, it happened. You just gotta want it because I found. I don't. I don't code. I mean, I I can I can probably read you some code. Like if you put something in front of me, I'd be like, all right, I can see where the problem is at. But that's probably as far as it goes. Mm. I could change my background on MySpace. That's as far as it goes. Well, <laughs> we never knew that. We was never coding. realized it was coding, but it's essentially copying. It's essentially the same thing. I remember my brother sitting for hours in front of in front of uh, in front of the Dell computer. Trying to not the Dell, yeah, putting mad music <laughs> and shit. I'm like, yo, no HP. I'm like, yo, fam, like HP Pavilion. Yeah, I'm like, yo, bro, <laughs> I need to go on Sconex. I don't care about your MySpace, Sconex. but it was coding. It was coding, and I think it's crazy because it goes back to that testament of black people just trying to do cool shit, not looking at the the technical part of mm-hmm. it. It was just wanting to be seen, mm-hmm. but that. Not just wanting to be seen, but trying to make something out of nothing. And where you are, it kind of takes us back to the beginning of the conversation where I go, you know, I'm walking around the Bronx with my guard up trying to figure out new ways out of my current situations. And that's all we've been doing. <laughs> that's all, that's honest, That's all tech is, honestly. Trying to figure out how to get through whatever you're going through easier, how to make your process more efficient. So now you start building this app. Mm-hmm. And that has to, I, I, I can imagine when I'm thinking about you building this app, I imagine Tony Stark and Iron Man when he's building the first Iron Man suit. <laughs> In that cave? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, he's past that because the cave okay, would be okay, the okay. website. This is when he okay, comes home I like that. and he's like, he's like, all right, so we need this. And he's yeah, making yeah. it. With, and I'm assuming that's. Putting the color on it and yeah, all that. So yeah. you're, you're like, okay, how do I go about making this app? Yeah. Where, is, where do I even start? Um. I started with trying to find a, another company or somebody else that could do the coding for me and can like piece it together. Um, and then you learn how much money these dudes are making when you ask somebody, all right, this is what I want. Can you do this? Yeah. Uh, 
I could get this done for you about $50,000. Excuse me? American? American? <laughs> Excuse me? In this economy? I don't think so, sir. And then, um, it's like, you don't have 50? I could do 25. Uh, $25? Yes. <laughs> I got you. Nah, but it's like, you, you find new ways. You find more resourceful ways. And because everybody's out here trying to make a buck, there's companies that'll do all the coding for you. You pay a monthly fee, they'll do all the coding. You're live from the stoop podcast with me, Robbie Digital. Well, what, what is live from the stoop? Live from the stoop is just a conversation that I have with people from different walks of life about how they got from the stoop to where they are today. From art, music, design, culinary, you name it, you'll, you'll find it here. So uh, sit back, relax, and if you do like, make sure you rate, review, and comment. And most importantly, subscribe. Now let's get back to the show. Let's go. You just have to update the app. You have to keep the app, you know, keep it something that people want to keep going to. How crazy is it when you launch the app and now you tell people that you have an app? It um, it was it was bugged out, man. I didn't think I didn't think people would receive it. So well at first I thought that it was going to be Like a real slow climb uh, We was touching a thousand downloads Within like the first week or so I didn't think the cl- I didn't think it was going to be like that So now I got people looking at me I got people from my hood looking at me like Yo son how you do it I got people that I've known for the longest Like yo I didn't even know you could Do something like this I didn't Because the crazy thing is like It's so interesting with different ends of the spectrum Like a white kid can go and a white kid in Neurochelle can say, hey, dad, I have an app. Mm-hmm. And his father will look at him, so you're still a failure. Mm-hmm. Black kid, Bronx, I have an app. You a fucking genius, my Yo, nigga. That nigga's smart, son. <laughs> that nigga <laughs> be reading books, <laughs> man. This nigga like, mad books, son. But it, and it's, it's, the spectrum is wild. Um, but at the same time... I don't think it's that. I don't think it's like just the the fact that you made an app. It's the fact that you 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 know you had to lead up to that point. Meaning you had to learn how to go into this. You had to research, pay for it. You had to put yourself in a you had to put yourself in a, in an arena that we are never in. We're never and even learning invited hurts. to learning learning hurts because you're gonna you're gonna go through it and you're gonna you're gonna spend money. Mm-hmm. On things that you thought you needed When mm-hmm. then later you're like I didn't even need that But mm-hmm. you had to go through that process You gotta get your lumps You gotta you gotta go through the process You gotta get your lumps You gotta get your grow- You gotta go through your growing pains And eventually it all makes sense But um, I think that the, the best part The 4040 club I, wanna, you know, I did the launch party at the 4040 yeah. And um, I didn't think the turnout was gonna be that big I knew it was gonna be a lot of people I didn't know he was gonna shut down the 4040 And have the bar talking about yo we I don't know if we can handle this volume of people we need we should you should have told us it was gonna be this many people we need more bartenders I didn't think it was gonna be like that but um it was definitely a pivotal moment like with me because the the same week that we launched the app Nipsey died yep the same week and he was like one of the like main figures uh, main figures I was looking up to with this tech space because he was from the hood Never did anything tech in his life, and now he's has a a, a, a smart store. Now he's uh, coming up with you know he's trying to build a billion dollar tech center in Crenshaw. Uh, yeah, in Crenshaw. 
it's like after losing Nip, it was kind of like, oh shit, I'm in my, in this space by myself. Then you learn that there's so many black people in tech, and then it, I the way other people look at it now, the way they used to look at it, and be like, yo, bro, you just did this. I look at it as, yeah, bro, I ain't even touched the surface of this tech shit. Like, you'd be surprised what black people are doing in the tech space. You think I did, so I did something dope. Yeah, I'll give you that. But there's niggas out here doing amazing things with tech that I'm just looking at from the side, looking at my app like, damn, nigga, how you, what button you press for that? Like, <laughs> how you get to that? How you how get to you, that screen? How you get the car to float? Feel me? So it's like, it's it's definitely dope when you realize you're, you're, you're walking your own path. It's definitely dope. Like, it could have went any other way as far as, I'm, I'm a black kid from the Bronx. It could have went any other way. I've never met a uh, software engineer in my life growing up. So to be creating an app and soft right. powder, yes. Software, sure, software, no. no, not much. Oh, you want software? <laughs> oh, no, 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 bro. We don't got that. <laughs> no, we don't got that one. The bodega does not sell yeah. like hard drives. No, uh, like they, shit. They barely sell outlets, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. So also in that time too, you're in the education space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're seeing reflections of yourself in that moment as well. How is that? That was, that was deep. I think that was the, the deepest aspect of the journey because I'm watching little black and brown kids who have no idea that I that I have an app, like going through the same motions, going through the same emotions that I was going through as a kid and not realizing that the world is so much bigger or going through the same little, little petty Petty riffs, you know, mm-hmm. and not realizing that the world was so much bigger. So now I'm watching them and I'm learning more from them than they are from me, you know. Um, and now you can tell Then You tell them I have an app and they're looking at you like they look at me kind of crazy and they they, they look at me kind of crazy. Like, what you mean an app? I'm like, app? like, don't you go? You got a you got an iPad, right? <laughs> app. I got one of those. And they like. How? Nigga, Steve Jobs has apps. Who are you? You you see what I'm saying? And I think that comes with, again, we don't see software engineers growing up, so we never know it's it's possible. We see the the nigga getting money on the block. We see the nigga, you know, got his OSHA uh, certificate. Now he doing construction. We see the nigga that got a nine to five. We we see that. And we kind of look at that as the norm. That's the way of life. That's what it's going to be. I'm either going to be one of these things. And we don't dare to dream bigger. We don't dream any bigger. And I think that when you when you yourself find yourself in a position, like if you're a creative and you find yourself in a position where you can look back and say, damn, I never thought this was possible. That's your sign to go back to where you come from or go back to environments like yours and start telling people that it's possible. Absolutely. Because you realized it. And there's still so many people fighting, fighting these demons and fighting through the fact that that you know, just fighting through everything they're going through in life, and they don't know this is real. They don't know this exists. There's people that I know that because there's no money, like because I because I'm not a millionaire yet, they're like, man, that nigga just doing something. He just wasting his time. He just you know he, you know Taiki, he like to do creative shit and nah, 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 but he you know he not really doing nothing. It's like. I told you the text message I got this morning, so you're not sending money. No, I'm sending the link to my podcast. No. And it's like, and sometimes we take that personal, but when you think about it, it's like you speaking about myth, myth, mythology and fairy tales and shit to these people. Yeah. 
They don't they don't believe you because they've never seen it. You be the first. Yes. And that pressure, it it weighs a ton, but it's like if it's gonna take me to be successful for other people to realize they can be successful, I'm all in. I'ma do it. I'm gonna make it work. So now what's the move is 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 literally moving, pun intended. <laughs> um but then the pandemic happens. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? Like literally the year after the app launches. So I had a great, like you said, I had a great year. <laughs> 2019 was a great year Bro, for me. remember 2019, you, not only do you launch the app, you start giving seminars yeah. in black tech spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're teaching people about tech. Mm-hmm. You started teaching people about how to use Instagram properly, how Twitter connects people. You did a seminar in Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. That was that was big. <laughs> that was like you got to. This is this is like I was there for all of these moments. Yeah. You did. You 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 had a event in a in Midtown mm-hmm. in a private space, yeah, very yeah. private space, mm-hmm. and you were teaching people about tech. Like yo, this is where we're at. This is the percentage of Black people in this mm-hmm. technology space. And there's money here, mm-hmm. but there's also opportunity here if you wait as well. Mm-hmm. And then you are gearing up for 2020. You're like, all right, cool. I'll have this going. Oh, man, I had what? a plan. Oh, boy, I had plans. <laughs> I had big plans for 2020. <laughs> and I look back on it. I look back on it and I say, like, honestly, I wasn't ready for the things that I had planned. And it, it's it's... It's, it's humbling to think about, but when you, you know, the time has passed, I'm where I'm at now, and I love where I'm at now, but when I look back, I was like, damn, like, 2020 would have been a shit show had I tried to uh, execute all of the, uh, everything I had planned. It would have been a shit show, but... Yeah, so, <laughs> now, you're sitting here, I remember speaking to you in February of that year, and we're like... Oh, this would be like a two-week thing. We should be all right. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we'd be all right. He was like, yeah, I'm good. Rob, what you doing? I was like, you know, I'm outside. Whatever you're doing, I'm here. <laughs> and then your whole business model changes. Mm-hmm. And now you're really in knee-deep of entrepreneurship now. Mm-hmm. Because now you're learning the first step in the first real-life step of being an entrepreneur, which is the pivot. Probably the most important, one of the most important steps. How does pivoting feel at that moment? At that moment, March 13th, 2020, when my job told us not to come in no more and they'll tell us when to come back. It was liberating at first. And then my birthday, April 16th of that year, I was like, I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> what's up now? <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? And there was no end in sight for it. Yeah. And now what's the move is obsolete. It's pointless. There's no, there's no point at what's the move. Nobody needs to use no it. No one's moving. No one's going anywhere. So I'm sitting there like, yo, maybe I could, you know, promote virtual events. I thought about it. Honestly, I didn't want to do it. I just didn't like the idea of it. Um, People were telling me, oh, you could uh, develop or change up the app to be more uh, about black business because black people are going through shit and their businesses need all the promotion they could get. It was a great idea. 
I started blueprinting it. I started everything. Then I looked at it and I was like, I don't want to do that. It seems like a lot of work for something I don't want to do. And you and it instantly reminded you of I've been there. Earth, before. don't do I'm not, what. Yeah. You, that, if not you, then don't do it. Right. I was like, I've been here before. I'm not going to do anything that doesn't feel right. That I'm not passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about black business, but the work required for, for that specifically, it wouldn't work for me. Flash forward to this year, there's a new app that does just that. You know what I'm saying? Everything happens for a reason. Um, so what's the moves obsolete? I'm not doing virtual events. I'm not changing up the app. Somebody told me I should change it up to do uh, so be more political so I can cover the the election more. And, you know, I, I <laughs> thought about just throwing ideas. They, everybody was just trying to help out and I appreciate it. But then I sat back and I'm like, I, I'm not even voting. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in do. mind, this is also the and time, man, just time. This is the first year we celebrate Juneteenth. Yeah, that too. But we did a remember we yeah. did a, a Juneteenth event. We did a virtual Juneteenth event. It was pretty lit. Uh, we probably shouldn't have had that many people inside the crib. We had a bunch of people there. It was on. Remember, y'all made News Twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was <laughs> so, like, yeah. You know, we uh, we were we were pushing it. We were pushing it that day. But it was dope. You know, you kind of had to get adjusted to what was going on. So I read this article. No, actually, I I decided to take a step back from what's the move. I didn't want to end it because I knew eventually the world would get back to normal. But I had to take a step back because. Pouring in my energy trying to figure out what to do next with it wasn't helping me. Then I figured out what to do next. Uh, I guess, yeah, I can say this because it's already over. So for 2020, my plan, I was going to go on tour with Google. And we were going to do... Uh, I remember you announced it. We were going to do that, um, like, five different cities. And I was like, this is perfect because I was already planning to launch What's the Move in different cities. So I was like, all right, bet. So we got the... Google tour, each tour stop, I'm going to announce a new city. We're going to do, yeah, I'm just do it big, do it big. 2020 happened. None of that worked out. I spent 2020 getting what's the move ready for 2021. And, and re-strengthening those relationships. That too. Just and building new build, relationships. Building new relationships is crazy because um, building new relationships during the pandemic was interesting. It was interesting, but at the same time, it was definitely worth it. Um, so now I'm building, I'm building this app quietly. I'm not even mentioning it, not even saying nothing about it. And then I read an article saying um, accelerate or hibernate. And that's basically what businesses are trying to figure out um, during the pandemic. So 2020, what should you do? Should you accelerate, meaning step on the gas and, you know, try to push, 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 push your product? Or you can hibernate and just take that step back, reassess, redesign, revamp, reimagine and that's what I did. Uh, when I read that article, I, I realized I'd made the right choice for my company, for my business. Because being able to step back, I look at 2020 as like it was a break from real life. It was a solid year off from actual life. The government was sending us free money. <laughs> we didn't have to spend money on shit. Like it was a break. Like Stack your bread, work on something. Remember, remember when the pandemic first started, people were like, yo, you gotta work on something well, now. And nah, 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 nah. Remember, we me, me and you, and and I I love talking to you, Taki, because we have we we're usually on the same wavelength with things. Mm-hmm. And we described the pandemic like stages of grief. Yeah. 
And that's Mem- exactly how. Remember, we were like the first week. It was yo get money, like mm-hmm. get money. You need to get this money. Mm-hmm. And then the second week, it was like three, three to four weeks. It was just like you know what you gotta do. Got work out because mm-hmm. you inside. No, what no before that was like yo, you gotta take classes. Yeah. You got to get your brain working. They giving out free classes? Yo, learn as much as you can. Sign up for every free class. I signed up for so many classes I didn't take. <laughs> yo, they giving out books. Get mad books. You, yo, you got to read your mind. got to get your mind strong. Now, I've read a lot during that time. But, yeah. And then it was, yo, you got to work out every day. Mm-hmm. Niggas was challenging each other to do, to do push-ups, push-ups on yep. Insta Story. Yep. I got 50 for you. And then that slowly died. Mm-hmm. Then the money came. And then we had IG strip clubs, and that became a thing. That became a thing. And then OnlyFans, like, surface surfaced. Yes. And the world has changed so much. And then, <laughs> and then online, and then uh, Instagram gambling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then uh, Twitch started to really bubble because everybody's at home playing video games. Yep. So now Twitch is starting to really bubble. Then Clubhouse comes. Those were dark times. <laughs> but like, dark think, times. think about like we would like good times. Like all the creatives got on Clubhouse at the same time because mm-hmm. we all invited each other, and I think that yeah. was pretty cool. It was like, oh, okay, so we're, okay, so first, all of us are safe, mm-hmm. and we're all upset that we can't go outside. Mm-hmm. Great. So now that we have that established, now let's talk. Yeah. So we watched every moment of that, and as and in that time. People are still asking you, like, yo, what, what's, where's what's the move at? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what it is, too? A lot of people kind of, a lot of people were genuinely concerned because they knew what what's the move was. They knew how big it was. And then they knew, and they knew what the current situation was, the current climate was. So they knew I couldn't do nothing. People were asking me, like, yo, bro, how's everything? Like, you okay? Like, people were genuinely asking me, because like, you, you know why? Remember when the medallion, uh, when when Uber came out, when Uber and Lyft finally got big, mm-hmm. taxi drivers were killing themselves. Yeah, they were mad. Because the medallion, the taxi medallions were worthless. Yeah. Like it went, like I don't know if you ever followed like taxi medallions, but taxi medallions used to be about $250,000 to $400,000 for a medallion. Jesus. Because you could set whatever price. If you owned the medallion, you could set whatever price on your on taxi your you wanted. Mm-hmm. So once Uber and Lyft came out, that plummeted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can imagine people were, like, checking on you. Like, how's your mental health? You all right? Mm-hmm. You good? Because, um, I mean, your whole business plan is, like, it's out the window yeah. now. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a struggle, son. Like, the whole 2020 was a struggle. But because I had... <clears throat> Excuse me. One thing I did do was um, I watched what tech companies were doing. I watched what Amazon and Google. I watched what they were doing as far as um, how remote work and working in the office was going, because they all are in on secrets and conversations that we never sit in on, and we'll probably never hear what's said, but we can see the effects of what was said, because around that time, I want to say around maybe August. Summer was coming to a close. 2020 summer was coming to a close. And people were starting to think about, all right, the fall is coming. And this is usually when kids go back to school. People are going back to work. Everything's going back to normal. But we were still in this pandemic. So all these companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook, and they were like, you know what? Employees, stay home until next summer. 
And then I was like, stay home until next summer. Why? Then we had that second spike. And I'm like, that's why. Them niggas knew that was coming. They knew that was coming. They knew we wasn't going to be going back into the office and back to school for real until next year. So I gave myself that timeline of by next summer, be done with what's the move. Have everything ready for what's the move to be launched. And I will say by the top of the summer, it was ready. I just didn't launch it later on until, until, you know, I think it was July. I didn't launch it till July because I wanted to, there's some things I wanted to work on, you know, cross my T's, dot my I's and all that good stuff. But um, paying attention to what they were doing helped me. And I, that's where. Well, not only that, but you're a part of that. Yeah. And I think you really have to own that. Like you're yeah. not, you're not looking from outside the window. You're in it. Mm-hmm. So what that's they true. talking about you. And essentially, it affects you directly. Yeah, I I had to pay attention. You're absolutely right about that. I never thought about that either. Um, but I had to watch and see what they were gonna do because then you could predict what the rest of the the rest of the city would do. And I think that that's um well last year remember they started letting people go outside like you could eat outside and all that good stuff. But there was a curfew, and now there's a vaccine mandate where certain people you know what I'm saying you had to have a vaccine to get into these establishments and stuff. And that um. All of that stuff I had to pay attention to. You have to pay attention. Whatever you do, you have to pay attention to the Because I remember you climate. were kind of, I remember you were posting, like, in that in that July, August space, you were posting, like, yo, you can go here, mm-hmm. you can go there. But then I also saw you was like, everybody's too depressed to even go somewhere. Yeah. Because you noticed it. Like, people, you were posting, and people were just like, yo, I don't even want to go outside. All right. Because it was rough times. So a lot of people were going through a lot of rough times during that period. And you know why would you know when you got so many other things to worry about, you ain't going out. But I did learn this. It's that's that's a um that's a flip coin. That's a flip of a coin because what I did learn during the pandemic was the party industry, entertainment, clubs, bars. That stuff ain't going nowhere. As long as as long as a bar exists, a motherfucker coming to get a drink. Well, so it's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. I remember uh, I was in my microeconomics class in college, and we watched the uh, documentary on the industrial business of Detroit mm-hmm. and how it plummeted after all the major car industries left. Mm-hmm. And my professor asks me, he says, Mr. Williams, if you were an entrepreneur or a business owner, what would you have done in that time? And I said, um, Professor, I would open the bar. He looked at me. He said, what? I said, depression is a great customer. Mm-hmm. Where there's depression, there's drugs. Mm-hmm. Drugs and drinks and, and all types of stuff. as long as there's a bar, they will come. Somebody's going to drink. <laughs> Somebody's going to drink. Mm-hmm. And everybody just looked like, yo, you're a terrible person. No, I'm a business person. And mm, sure as shit, <laughs> bars were open. Mm-hmm. And we were drinking a lot more as well. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I, I was, was buying. Short, <laughs> it was shortages of liquor. There were shortages of douce. Bro, I was drinking wine. I was oh, wine. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I became a heavy wine drinker during the pandemic because I, I needed something. Yeah. I, I, I just like, needed a taste. I, I was like, something. all right, so I can put apples in this? All right, cool. Apples, strawberries, <laughs> all that, bro. You start discovering <laughs> drinks that you ain't never heard of. That's a fact. So you start you start getting ready for 2021. Mm-hmm. 
you're you're preparing for that um and now you're in it now so now mm-hmm. you're launching and you also launched the other cities as well yeah and that that was a it was a blessing cuz i got help from people who were in the cities um i had you know ambassadors uh from those cities and they were set, they would send me a list of spots and be like yo these are the spots that are like you definitely have to have these on like if you got have any anything else have these on there and then I, you could do like a little blurb for that, like write it up. Like, would you mind doing the write up for me? And it came together because I, I just tapped into my network, tapped into people who, you know, believed in the vision and wanted to help out. And it, it all came together the exact way it was supposed to. So it was it was a blessing. And um, what are we, five cities in now? Including, no, four. New York, DMV, um, Atlanta, and Miami. And Which it, isn't bad. Not at all. Not at all. Um, it's it's interesting though because um, of course New Yorkers use it the most. Mm-hmm. It's from their home. It's from their hometown. So of course New Yorkers they're a lot more, a lot more privy to it. So they use it the most. Um, but as I'm watching the numbers go up in other cities, I'm like I'm planning trips. I'm sitting here like, yo, this is um, this is bigger than what I even what I anticipated it. Well, we talked about it earlier, right? The Great Migration. Oh, so that's now happening. your ambassadors in New York City are going into other cities. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my ambassadors, they, uh, my homegirl, you know Jade, right? Yeah. Um, Jade, um, she was the ambassador for Atlanta. And she's from New York. She was in Atlanta for that time period. She was in Atlanta turning up, meeting people, doing what she was supposed to do. And um, I, tr- I trust her. I trust her with, uh, with so much because she's just dope. Um, and so I kind of let her, you know, you put me in the right direction. I'm, I'm, you lead down in Atlanta. You tell me what's going on and I will follow. We're going to make it happen. And, um, but that migration is coming. Everybody's getting out of New York. So, yeah. So I can (laughs) only imagine like Chicago, Ohio, Dallas, Houston, Charlotte, Charlotte, Loki, Phoenix. I've heard. I've heard great things about Phoenix. Phoenix, bro. I know. Just, I, I can see it. Phoenix, bro. Land That's all for, I'm going to tell land you. Land for cheap. It's lit, bro. I know. I bet. I can imagine. Shout out to Phoenix. The suns ain't too bad right now either. And that's also helping. <laughs> that's why everyone's going. Devin Booker did a good... He, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Yeah. Oh, wait, Chris Paul's on Phoenix. Yeah, Chris yeah, Paul. He's on Phoenix. Anton. Like they're, they're, yeah. it's, it's a nice little squad over there where people... It's... I had started noticing it when um, when 40 Ounce Vans kept posting being in Phoenix during the pandemic. Mm. I was like, why the fuck is he in Phoenix? There's nothing to do. And I was like, aha. There's and then plenty. I went and I was like, there's plenty to do in Phoenix. There's plenty to do here. It's just hot. It's hot as fuck. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I could do that. Yeah, we when we went, it was uh, 120 degrees outside. Yeah, see, nah, that's not for me. It's like a calm like 70 right there's now. There's nothing calm about 120 degrees. Well, now it's 70. See what I'm saying? There's it's 70 in, in, in almost November out there. Yeah. Nah, it's not for me. <laughs> I don't like cold, but I don't like extreme heat either. <laughs> so as as this is happening now, and you're in the in the moment, and you said the weight was definitely better, how have you seen, as the numbers are rising, you're also seeing black businesses mm-hmm. arise too. How has that been? Because now... You have all these new businesses finding you. Mm-hmm. That's been that's been beautiful to witness, actually. 
Uh, is you know why it's beautiful to witness because I see how many people took advantage of that time as well. That twenty twenty off period, a lot of people took advantage of that, and a lot of venues closed, but a lot of new venues opened. Yes, and that a lot of black owned a lot of a lot of black owned venues opened, and it's I think it's beautiful because we was on the right side of history for something. Now our people are, are able to own, have some type of ownership, and it, it spreads. You know, a lot further than just you know the city, the major cities. It's it's all over the place. I love it. Um, I've definitely been you know just keeping track of just other entrepreneurs in the, in black spaces, and I stay away from forex traders. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a, mm-hmm. yep. yep. But no, nah, I think it's beautiful. I think that time period also just kind of woke people up to realize, like, yeah, these celebrities are they're also going through this pandemic, but. It's a little easier to go through a pandemic when you got a pool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a little easier when your house is huge. You got a movie theater in your crib. It's easier. So a lot of people kind of put on their entrepreneurial hats during all of that. And they've been building. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see people. Even if you got the, you know what I'm saying? You got the homegirl braiding hair, hair company. Whatever you got going on, it's beautiful to see. Well, I know plenty of women who opened up salons in the house. The kitchen beauticians? Yo, yeah, as they should. because... And it became more robust during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Well, and nigga, we was out here struggling trying to get a haircut. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I don't even cut my hair anymore. Like, that's how I got so accustomed to not getting a haircut. <laughs> I, every time my barber see me, he'd be like, damn, man, how you been? It's like, <laughs> it's been that long. <laughs> I, I, granted. And then, and then also what changes is the cannabis industry. Yeah. Weed is legal in New York now. Yeah. So that, and, and we, we knew that was a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we knew that, but they they were just trying to find ways to tax it. Yeah, I think we're looking at like a seventeen percent tax, mm-hmm. which is high as fuck. Yeah, food is only taxed eight <laughs> percent, so like yeah. you paying way more for a dime bag than you paying for a steak. Like this is true. It's crazy, but um, but that also opens another level of business with what's the move. I'm I'm sure because now you're you're seeing. Businesses like, yo, we're going to have smokers lounges. Mm-hmm. We're going to have more speakeasies. It opens up a category. New, somebody, I was just talking to people today and they were like, you know, America is slowly going to become like Amsterdam. It's slowly going to make it like that. And I mean, same thing with the bar. If there's weed being grown, somebody's going to smoke that weed. <laughs> somebody's going to get to that. So it's like every industry, every industry, I think, either grew and to some degree. Maybe they fell off a little bit to some degree, but there was there's just so much, there's so much business going on. There's so much money circulate circulating the world and just going around now. Our economy looks like shit, but we got the best job market we've ever had in years. It's this like, yeah, it, but I think that no, nobody going back to work though. Nobody wants to go back to work, I and I don't blame that, nobody. Yeah, I think that's the big misconception that. Like the media is trying to portray that people are people are lazy, people don't want to go back to work. That's not why, and it's not that. It's people, people are, are fed real, up. People are fed up. Um, they're realizing that they're putting their lives on the line for businesses and companies that don't give two shits about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your business is doing okay, if it's not, Amazon's going to buy the space and create a, a distribution center. Yeah. Because Amazon true. seems to be the only monopoly no one's saying anything about anyway. It's a crazy monopoly, but nobody wants to say anything. I mean, the crazy part about it is we say this all the time, but I have a package 
from Amazon coming to the house tomorrow. So it's like, well, it's never going to end. No. It's never going to end. I think no. Amazon is literally here to stay. Amazon will eventually take over everything with, when it comes to selling anything. That and Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Because what are we, 2025, no more gas power cars, only electric in New York? I, I believe that is true. Yeah. And that's going to change That's gonna change the surface of everything. There's I mean, we so have many... scooters outside now. Like you yeah, can get... I saw that. And that's, <laughs> I, I thought about it. I was like, I need to download this app so I could use this. But yeah. you, have, you have to bring it back to the same spot? No. I'm, I'm getting a scooter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, uh, it goes pretty far. It goes from here, I want to say all the way to maybe Morris Park. Like, the map is huge. Okay. It oh, you have go, to stay within a certain... Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Right? Technology. Yeah. So, we're, we're, I mean, we're definitely in a different space where the world is is definitely changing. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see what's the move going in? Now that we're in the tail end of 2021, what do you see for 2022? Um, I think 2022 is going to be what I expected 2020 to be on crack. Like just moving faster, bigger, covering more ground because people are people are ready to get back to normalcy. They're ready to get back to work. I mean, they they want better benefits and more money, but eventually we're gonna have to. Eventually, you're gonna have to get back to work. We're gonna get have to get back to the middle grind. We're gonna have to go back to life. We're still kind of uh, paused. I, I would still say that we're still kind of paused and we're still kind of on a break from real life. It's a lot easier to get by now than it was two years ago. Yeah. But eventually that's going to come to an end because the government's not making enough money because you're at home not working. So eventually they're going to make it so that everything's going to go back to normal. And I think that that's a perfect place for what's the move because people are going to go back to making moves. I think eventually this uh, vaccine mandate is going to be out the window because uh, if it's $8 a plate, Tax if you're taxing, I mean eight dollars. If it's eight cents a plate taxing uh, and restaurants and stuff, and there's less people going to restaurants, it's less tax money. So eventually, New York is going to be like, all right, everybody go back outside. And I think that is going to be a golden age, not just for what's the move, but I think if you a creative, if you do anything that involves bringing people together, it's going to be a golden age. Everybody's going to be ready to go somewhere. And, and you know, it's funny because like I even remember. Uh, with the 2020 presidential debates and as much as I hate Trump when he said that he was like yo have you been in New York have you seen that restaurants are dying mm-hmm. because no one's eating in them mm-hmm. and I didn't want to agree but I knew it but he was I, right he was right that we're, we're watching it happen mm-hmm. like even even like to see some of the some restaurants are held up like I had a really I had an oatmeal spot that I went to I had this great mm. spot called Oatmeals <laughs> on Bleecker that made gourmet oatmeal closed so I, I like there's little my favorite coffee shop gone like there's just certain things but I'm also watching like we said I'm watching black businesses and I'm watching other businesses take those places and I'm fine with that yeah me too so Yo, Taki, thank you for stopping by, bro. Man, thank you for having me. This, this, I, I haven't done a podcast in almost three years, honestly. Really? I didn't do one all of last year. Oh, no, maybe two years. So I didn't do one all of last year. This is the first podcast I've done this year. This is I, different, though. This is this family. This, this is come different. on, now. <laughs> come on. Um, Yeah, this is, I, I think I was, 
Time is funny. I'm glad we waited. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, you know, God always has a plan. They say if you want to make God laugh, show him your plan. Yep. So just to, to do this now and, you know, to see where we were and where we are now is beautiful mm-hmm. to see. Um, tell the people all the information they need. Um, listen, download What's the Move. Uh, I was about to call it What's the Move NYC. See? It's how, that's how new it is to me. Download What's the Move. It is a event directory app that lets you know about parties, events, happy hours, restaurants, anything that you want to see in your city. What's the Move probably has it on it. We're now operating out of New York City, the DMV area, Atlanta, and Miami. What's the Move is also a ticket selling platform. Um, we didn't get to talk about that much, but ticket selling is, is, is a huge business and you guys are letting Eventbrite take too much money from you. So what's the move has a ticket selling platform where it's only a dollar 25 per ticket. We don't go up in percentage depending on the price of your ticket. We only take a dollar 25, meaning you are getting way more money selling your tickets through our platform and you get your money faster. Um, download the app, the what's the move, what's the move app.com. Follow us on Instagram, the What's the Move app on Twitter, the WTM app. Um, my name is Taki Bomb. Follow me on everything. And um, everybody just keep moving forward. Better days are coming. Yo, you already know what it is. Live from the stoop. Bobby Digital. Till next time. You're.